Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this day. God, we praise you that we get to get to gather around your word and learn from it. So help us to, uh, to learn well today, God. Uh, help it not to be me, but you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, my name is Ben Henderson. I'm a resident at Gospel Grace, uh, which basically means I get to be here and learn. Um, and most of the time, I get to teach kids, which I love doing. Uh, and so if at any time it seems like I'm teaching two kids, don't, don't take offense. It's just it's what I like to do. Um, so uh, we've been going through, so Josh Langford, another one of our residents, has been going through some gospel words so far. Um, and so, so far we've learned about propitiation and adoption. Um, and today we're talking about justification. Um, and so every week we're learning the uh, definitions of these biblical words, and then also specifically how they apply to our lives. And so, uh, we'll start today. Um, I, th- I want you to think back to uh, your previous schooling, school experience, um, and I wonder how many people have had to spend maybe a little bit of time in the, uh, the principal's office. It's okay, you don't, you don't have to actually volunteer that information, but I, I actually have, if you go back, believe it or not, Little me in fourth grade, I, um, I had some, some, some rough years of my life, um, and I was forced to go to the principal's office for a crime that I was totally and completely guilty of. You know, I had, I had been out on the playground, I was, you know, playing basketball, and, you know, the, the juices got going, and I got a little angry, and someone's head got a hit. <laughs> Um, and so this wasn't a great event for me as a, as a nine-year-old, um, and, and uh, you know, I was, I was a sinner then. I still am a sinner now. Um, but that was actually the moment when I realized that I was a sinner in need of grace. Um, but if you want to hear that story more, you can, you can talk to me later. But anyway, uh, here I was. I had hit a kid in the playground. I had to go to the principal's office, and there I was, sitting in the chair outside the office, you know, like right on the edge of my seat, you know, trying to hold back tears a little bit, tears of mixed of anger and a little bit of, you know, fear um, of my own stupidity, you know, kind of feeling bitter about the world and kind of mad at myself. And, you know, I, I you think about it now and like, I think they make you sit outside the principal's office. They're like, they have a mandatory, like they make them sit there for 30 minutes so that they like stew over it. And that's kind of, you're sitting there, you're like, oh man, what's going to happen to me? It's kind of like, you know, someone, maybe they've, uh, they've uh, done something wrong. I imagine it's like a, uh, like a prisoner, uh, someone that has broken the law. They've been, they've been um, convicted and they're waiting for their sentencing. And that is how I felt. My fate was not in my hands. It was totally in the hands of my principal, Mrs. O'Dell, right? And I was thinking, oh man, am I going to be suspended or, or kicked out of school or, or even worse? Are they going to call my parents? Oh, you know, that's how I was feeling. And so I was thinking, okay, what, what do I need to do to convince her to go light on me, even though I was totally guilty and deserving of punishment? So imagine if the, the scenario, and spoiler alert, this is not how it worked, but imagine if it worked like this, you know, I was sitting there, I go into the principal's office, and my principal says, now Ben, I know that you're guilty, but in my role as principal, I'm going to declare you innocent. 
no record of this will ever be written down. No one will ever hold it against you that you were this stupid. And that bad thing that you did, as far as I'm concerned and as far as the school is concerned, it didn't happen. And not only that, I'm going to give you an award for the best student of the month. And those bad things you did are wiped clean and I'm going to reward you for something you don't deserve. So obviously that's not what happened. Um, but if it did, maybe you could kind of put, myself, put yourself in, in my shoes there, right? That would be a, uh, it's a small, tiny example of how God justifies us deserving sinners. And so that's our gospel word for today is justification. And here's how we're going to choose to define it. Um, and so uh, this, is, this is not my work. This is uh, Greg Allison. I kind of borrowed and adjusted his definition here. Uh, but justification is the work of God to declare sinful people not guilty, but righteous instead by imputing the perfect righteousness of Christ to them. So I'll say that again. Justification is the work of God to declare sinful people not guilty, but righteous instead by imputing the perfect righteousness of Christ to them. And so we'll take a little time to unpack this here. Um, but basically, right, there's two parts of this. First, God declares sinful people not guilty. And then second, God declares us righteous based on the righteousness of Christ. And so uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to try uh, among kind of people around you is I'm going to give you a, a text of scripture and then um, I'm going to say a magic word and the magic word this morning uh, is going to be coffee. So that's what I'm feeling. That's the magic word, right? And so, okay, so well, I'm going to give you the text. I'm going to tell you the magic word. And after I tell you the magic word, you're going to turn to, you know, one to three people around you. Um, and you're going to race to see who can get to the, 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 uh, the reference, get to the Bible verse it first. The first person to get there is just going to read it. And then you're going to think about, okay, what does this verse tell us about justification? Okay, so I'll give the passage. I'll tell you the magic word. You'll read it. And then you'll talk with neighbors about what this says about justification. Okay, so the first one we've got, and if you have your handout, it's in front of you. This is Romans 3, 10 to 12 and 20. Romans 3, 10 to 12, and then also 20. Ready? Coffee. Okay, so you're reading the text. One person saying it out loud and saying, what does this tell us about justification? Okay, you got 10 seconds. All right, let's, uh, let's hear some ideas. What does, uh, what does this passage, so Romans 3, 10 to 12 and 20, what does this tell us about justification? Okay, right, no one is righteous. No one is righteous. 
Good, that's, that's one key one. No one is righteous, right? That means that no one's good enough on their own accord. We're not capable of being our own defendant in God's court of justice, right? Like think about it this way, right? If you're thinking back to the example that I used earlier, right? If I tried to show up to my principal and argued that I should go free from punishment based on what I had done, wouldn't have worked, right? I, I, I was guilty. Okay, so um, anything else? How about from verse 20 specifically there? So first we learn no one is, is righteous on their own. And what's the other thing? Okay, right, exactly. We can't be justified by what we do, not by works, right? We can't earn our justification, right? We're guilty. We can't do enough good things ourselves to earn that. So that's justification here, right? No one's righteous and we can't be justified by what we do. Okay, so here's the next one. Here's the next one. So we're gonna do the same thing. The magic word is gonna remain the same. So make sure you remember it. So this is now Romans 8, 33 to 34. Romans 8, 33 and 34. Coffee. Okay, 10 seconds. Okay, what does, uh, what does Romans 8 here tell us about justification? Yes? Great, only God can do it, right? It only comes from God, right? God is the only one that can declare us justified. Right? It's not, um, it's not the, the president that can declare you justified. It's not the, the pope that can declare you justified. It's not your bishop that can declare you justified. It's not Pastor Lucas that can declare you justified. It's not me that can declare you justified. It's not even you that can declare you justified, right? It's only God. God is the only one who can do it. Sweet. Okay, other, uh, other ones. Yes? Yes, right? Christ is our intercessor, right? He's our, he's our advocate. Great. Um, yes, Frank. Yes, exactly, right? God justifies us. He declares us righteous and no one else can bring the charge because Christ is interceding for us, right? This is, the, this is a, a one-time event, right? The gavel comes down and boom, we are declared righteous in Christ if we are in Christ. We don't need to constantly go and receive more grace. We don't need to like take communion or get a fresh infusion of it. When God justifies us, it happens, right? And it's not based on our own actions, but only of Christ, right? God is just, right? He's a just judge. And when he declares us righteous, there's no one that can bring condemnation to us, right? We're declared innocent and free from the penalty of sin based on the propitiation that Christ provided, 
right? And that's what Josh has talked about previously, right? He settled it once and for all. Okay, this next one is, uh, okay, there's that one. Okay, so this next one is a little bit more challenging, um, but see if you can pick it up here. So this is in Genesis 15, one to six. So Genesis 15, one to six. And if you need like a little help, you can go to Romans 4, 1 to 3, and that gives you a little hint. Okay, coffee. So Genesis 15, 1 to 6, and the beginning of Romans 4 gives you the hint. Okay, you got 10 more seconds. Okay, sweet. So what does, uh, what does this tell us about justification? Right, okay, right. It comes through faith, right? Abraham was justified through his faith. Right? It, wasn't, it wasn't because he was um, you know, really good at following God's law. It wasn't because he was, um, like, had really great sacrifices. No, he was justified through his faith. Right? And this is, this is what it points to in Romans 4. It says this in Romans 4, 23 to 25. It says, but the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his, and this means Abraham, right? Abraham's sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Right? Abraham was justified through his faith, and so are we today. Right? This is this is this is how it works. Right? And so um, let's kind of combine those two previous parts that, uh, that I talked about together. Now, can I save myself? Can I save myself by having enough faith? No, right? I cannot save myself, right? We cannot justify ourselves. Only God can justify us. And God chooses to accomplish this justification through our faith, Right? And that's why, that's why this, is, this is a really foundational belief that, that was one of them that led to the Reformation. Right? That's, that's why they, they saw this as an important, essential doctrine that we are justified by grace through faith in Christ. God justifies us not by works and not by our merit, but through our faith. And so Luther and Calvin and some of the other reformers really harped on this. Uh, there's two of the, remember the five uh, solas of the Reformation. There's two of them that are really applicable that I just kind of referenced, right? 
See, remember them? So by grace is sola gratia, right? And then uh, through faith, sola fide. Yes, awesome, right? And this is the basic major doctrinal difference between the Roman Catholic Church and Protestant theology during the Reformation. There's a difference between we're not just kind of infused with grace at regular times through the sacraments. We don't need a fresh injection to keep us heading to heaven, but God gives us grace freely through our faith and we get imputed with the righteousness of Christ. We'll talk about that in a sec. Okay, here's the, uh, here's the last one. So this is Titus 3, 4 through 7. Titus 3, 4 through 7. Okay, coffee. Okay, you got 10 seconds. Okay, sweet. What does, uh, what does this, towards the end of Titus, tell us about justification? It's similar to what we've talked about before. Right, it's not through our works, right? It's not through our works, but instead, we're justified by what? What does it tell us? Justified by, right, by his grace and mercy. Exactly, right? It's according to God's own mercy. And then there's one final thing towards the end of there um, that tells us what uh, justification uh, leads to. Right, yeah, become, right, exactly. We become heirs of the hope of eternal life. Right? And this is, this is what justification leads to. Right? We learn that okay, we are justified by grace. And I'll let remember this time. Okay, there we go, Titus. Okay, we're justified by grace. This is how God chooses to justify us. And those who are justified, which are those who put their faith in Christ, they can be declared righteous in the eyes of God. And we're justified when we become heirs, which... Uh, uh, Josh talked about a little bit ago with uh, adoption, right? We become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When we're justified, we receive eternal life, right? It's not from our own merits. It's not from our own deeds. It's from God. And so kind of the danger of thinking that we constantly need to be justified or saved is that you end up in a constant cycle of not really being sure, right? If our justification is only based Right? If my, my uh, path to eternal life is only based on what I do, then I'm in constant wonder if I'm actually good enough to receive it. Right? If I need to go to church or go to the temple to receive this, this fresh, fresh dose, then it's, it, just, just, it just doesn't work. Right? You're in a constant state of turmoil. Right? I mean, if, imagine what would happen if you yourself had to measure up to God's perfect standard. 
right? If you had to cooperate with God's grace to return, to, to earn eternal life, right? You can't just decide, I am going to live a better life and I'm gonna try harder if that's not good enough. You see, you just need to be born again. You need a new heart and that comes by God, right? And, and you would not be able to be sure, but if you have sincere faith, then that means that you're saved because Christ died for you. So let's go back to our, uh, back to our definition here. Well, that one didn't work that time. I've... <laughs> I even had a uh, sound effect to it. Oh, well, that's okay. The next one. Thanks. I'll just give a signal. Thanks, Susanna. You're great. <laughs> All right, so, uh, right, so back to the definition is justification is the work of God to declare sinful people not guilty, but righteous instead by imputing the perfect righteousness of Christ to them. Okay, so these are the, these are the two, two parts to it, right? First, God declares, and this is on the bottom of your sheet if you're taking notes. First, God declares sinful people not guilty, right? He says, okay, you are not guilty, but it doesn't end there, right? If he just said, okay, you're not guilty, that leaves us in a morally neutral state. But God goes beyond that and he declares us righteous by imputing, by putting on us the perfect righteousness of Christ. So one, one way that I've seen this visualized, I did not come up with this myself, right, is that this is us. This is the circle of us. Okay. And so we've got just a bunch of these, these minuses, right? They're just everywhere, right? These are our sins. These are the things that are like, that we're... But it's not good enough, right? We do things, we try to be good and it doesn't work. So these are minus signs, right? But then by God's grace, we are then clean, we're washed. He takes away our minus signs, takes away our negatives. But it doesn't end there because Christ's righteousness is put on us. And so that our blank slate actually goes to pluses, not based on things that we do, but based on Christ's sacrifice for us. So we get his righteousness that gets put on us. And so when God looks at us, we are justified. We are righteous in Christ. And that's what he does. And so uh, Romans 5 tells us that when Adam sinned, his, his guilt, his, his, uh, his, what, what he deserved, his sin was imputed on us. We're guilty in Adam and we deserve condemnation. We deserve to be punished for our own sins. But when Christ suffered and died for our sins, those were imputed to Christ and his righteousness was imputed, it was given to us. So Martin Luther called this the sweet exchange. And this was one of his, uh, a prayer that he wrote. And, and we'll go, if Susanna, if we could go to the next one. Um, the... Uh, Yes, uh, yes, Martin Luther. He said this, he said, you, Lord Jesus, are my righteousness and I am your sin. You have taken on yourself what you were not and have given to me what I am not. Right, I've, been, uh, I've been, been traveling a lot lately um, and uh, I wonder if, if you ever kind of had a similar experience to me where you, you know, you've been on these, uh, uh, a long plane ride, maybe you've had like a couple layovers and you get home and you kind of feel it's like, eh, like you have this like layer of grime on you from being in the airport all day and like, you know, maybe you're sitting next to, you know, an, uh, 
a lady who loves cats and some of her cat hairs coming all over you. And on the other side, you've got this old man with really bad breath coming out and you're like, and you get home. And the first thing that you want to do is just get clean, right? You're like, ah, this is gross, right? So justification means that God takes your gross and disgusting airport dirty clothes and he gives you a shower and he puts on you a nice, comfortable shirt and nice, comfy sweatpants, right? It doesn't change the inside of you instantly, but when you put on the clean clothes that Christ gives, you're declared clean from God's perspective, And Luther called this, we go back to Luther because I think every time I teach, I feel like I have to talk about something that's history related, if you know me. Um, Anyway, uh, right, Luther talks about this as Christ uh, giving us uh, alien righteousness, right? Alien, meaning it's not our own, it's Christ. It comes from outside of us. It's alien to us, not extraterrestrials, Um, right? And for believers, it's not our righteousness that's seen by the Father, but Christ's, right? It's not our own. One author wrote this, and if we can jump to the next slide, he said this about justification. He said, justification is not about a change of nature, rather it's about a righteous status that results from the righteous character of Christ being credited to believers. We get that righteous status if we are in Christ. And so that leads us to the, uh, the final movement for today. Um, and uh, let's, okay, we'll talk about why justification matters. And so, why does it matter? Okay, well, first, and if we can jump to the next one, first, there is hope for those who are not saved. There is hope for those who are not saved. So it's on the back of your, your sheet if you're taking notes there. Right? There, uh, the, this work of God should have the unbeliever to have hope. And maybe you've been toiling away and trying to, to earn your salvation, or you, maybe you've been caught in an unhelpful spiral, doubting that you are saved because, because you keep on failing, because we're sinful. Maybe you've been trying to, to do it yourself and have just come to the realization that you're not good enough. And if that's you, then let me encourage you that God justifies freely by his grace through faith. So if you put your faith in Christ, you can trust him to save you. Okay, and then second, um, maybe you thought that you deserve punishment and suffering for your sins in the next life, right? You deserve that. Well, this work of God, the work of justification should cause the believer to have peace. If you are in Christ, then his death and resurrection have paid the penalty for your sins. You might suffer earthly consequences, right? Like, I mean, if uh, our sin often does lead us to, uh, uh, it, can, it can hurt our body and can cause damages to relationships. But if you are in Christ, he has paid the penalty for those. You may still have to go to prison for breaking the law, or you may still get in trouble for the principle, for hitting someone at recess. And God may even choose to discipline you out of uh, his love for you and for your own good but God will never punish you out of wrath for your sins. The penalty has been paid if you are in Christ and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so uh, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we, we praise you for the power that you have to save us, even the worst of sinners. And we praise you that even though we do not deserve your love, you have chosen to love us. God, we know that we're not justified 
by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So give us comfort. God, I pray that if there's people hearing this today that are weary of trying to earn their salvation, God, I pray that they would turn to you, heal them and save them by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.